What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe here in Portland, Oregon. This has become one of my favorite local hangs because they have free music every Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. and Sunday afternoons 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. They are located in inner southeast Portland and not only do they offer free music on their their large patio setup, but they've also got a killer brunch menu from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. The French toast and the breakfast sandwich are lights out. And I can't really do much alcohol personally, but I love their Virgin Bloody Marys. And they've got some other mocktails for folks like me as well. And they're always rotating in new seasonal cocktails. So come through and check out what they've got on deck for fall and winter down there. The patio is now nice, covered, and heated and will be throughout the fall and winter. So come through and big thanks to Produce Row for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so, and that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels. Helping strangers find the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. If you're not listening on Apple, 
just hit like, follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening from. Tell a friend about it. The podcast is available on Spotify now, and I've also been dropping some monthly playlists there coming at you every first of the month, trying to keep it pretty spread out genre-wise with that. And uh, the link for the Spotify profile will be in the episode notes along with the links for the Dan Cable Presents mugs and t-shirts if you want to pick up one of those. Hope everybody is doing well out there. I'm excited to get into this week's episode, episode 287 with Old Grape God, a uh, Portland, Oregon-based artist who uh, I've been wanting to connect with for a while, and uh, it finally happened. My friend Simone told me about this dude, man, years ago now, I guess right around the time I I started this thing, it feels like, so it's got to be close to four or five years ago, she uh, she just told me that I had to have this dude on the podcast, and uh, we finally did the thing, and it was uh, great to get to chat with him at this stage of uh, his journey, I guess, and just kind of get to hear about uh, how he got started doing music and uh, the different avenues of art that he regularly pursues and uh, expresses himself through. So this was uh, a killer conversation and I think it it dove beyond just music and art. And I guess ultimately, uh, you know, we talked about just pursuing a life that that feels true and one that requires you to kind of go all in on yourself and this dude, Old Grape God, is just uh, an inspiring dude along those lines and is truly one of a kind in what he does. And I'm so glad that we finally got to have this conversation and it was a pleasure to burn one down with him and, and chat with him in his studio space surrounded by all of his mind-blowing art and uh, just a, a super inspiring place to be. And uh, this was definitely one of those conversations that left me with things to think about, especially going back and, and putting it together. And and one thing that that really popped out to me was, was just the awareness of the art that you put into the world and uh, the ripple effect that that can have in the, the messages that you're putting out through it. And uh, that's not something I always thought about as a, a younger person or even in my, my mid to late 20s at times probably. But... Uh, yeah, it was not it was not always kind. It wasn't ill-intentioned most of the time, but uh it definitely was not very uh thought out. So that was uh one of the things that that stuck out to me and uh stoked for you all to get to tap into this conversation that we had. All of his links will be in the episode notes so you can keep up with the music as well as the visual art, the paintings. The embroidery work, it will all be there for you. And uh, if you're already a fan of this dude, I hope this is some cool insight on the uh, on the process and you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. I'd also encourage you, if you're a new listener, to go back and check out previous conversations. These chats are coming at you weekly and uh, have been every Friday since July of 2016. And the podcast covers all genres of music last week or so has been hip-hop and rap heavy last week i had new york city based rapper lee way on the show 
that was a, a fun one. And I also dropped another volume of I Dick Records in the feed, volume 30, with Bryson the Alien, local Portland rapper. And uh, we chatted about KMD's 1991 release, <laughs> Mr. Hood, that uh, I Dig Records series drops every other Wednesday and is a deep dive into a record just chatting and listening with a guest co-host each episode. So that is in the Dan Cable Presents feed. And uh, if you are local to the Portland, Oregon area, you want to see some free live music, North 45 has got DJs every Tuesday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And every Sunday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. This coming Sunday, December 19th, local beatmaker and producer Sherbert will be over there, former guest of the cast. And then following that on uh, December 28th, Tuesday, December 28th, Spinach will be there. Every fourth Tuesday he will be there. And uh, he's another former guest of the cast, another great local musician, rapper, beat maker, and uh, other DJ residencies going on at North 45 as well, starting in January every Tuesday night. First Tuesdays will be Vanport, and second Tuesdays, WWJP. Third Tuesdays will be Sicko Side, and uh, as I mentioned, Fourth Tuesdays, Spinach will be there. So uh, that's the Tuesday night lineup, and then on Sundays, the 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. slot, you got DJ Colors every first Sunday, and every second Sunday is uh, the Free Tillman Love Jones collaboration. Both those dudes are really great, and uh, they've done it a couple times already over there at North 45. And uh, it's just them back and forth playing uh, some originals as well as some other lo-fi chill beats. And then every fourth Sunday, we will have a DJ Slim Gweeny over there. So cool lineup of stuff over at North 45. That link will be in the episode notes along with the Produce Row link as well, which has got free music going on on the regular as well. And with all that, we are going to get in to uh episode 287 old grape god is on the show and we're gonna kick it off with a uh a track it's called flamboyant let's do the damn thing i can't tell who's singing that's what really bothers me is that i don't know who it is what i like about music and the kind of music that i like is the kind of like hey 20 seconds into the tune you know who this artist is because there's something unique about him or her that's why they put this record on. Not because it sounded like this one or it fit comfortably between commercials, but because there's really something worthwhile here. And I'm saying when one turns to the other, which turns to the other one, which turns into and around and on, in on itself again, <laughs> I'm just not happy. I hope those people are who are playing that stuff. But I, I really like individual music and it doesn't matter like, like where it's coming from. Trying to work on my posture without being a poser I need to stop choosing beer for water Took the nozzle out the garden hose And I tapped the keg with it I mixed the technical with the flagrant Trying to be more present and less vacant Don't want to resent how I went when my days are spent I've never rushed revenge So crushing like a camel filter The rooms were too ruined to pilfer All these goals gotta be gold Hard to settle for silver My slice of the pie was only a sliver a Little over 3% Salt water tap 
Sheffield The Seagrams, I see ounces of dead people I can't pronounce your alias I can't not frown at the fake congratulations No protein with that there infatuation Smoking on that there ancient civilizations Way too patient, way too okay waiting for shit A few fans but no breeze My wingspan is your circumference We're just products of circumstance Turn the dance circle to a slam cypher You're probably too cool to claim poet I can't relate, I'm too flamboyant Clearly claybuoyant, painfully poignant I'm not to be toy with Too much game for the clouds I'm feeding the crows, avoiding the crowds Don't wanna be anywhere to pop it I got bars that you just can't walk in Don't wanna be anywhere to pop it I got bars that you just can't walk in Can't tell if it's more than just another olive in the low Volumes and columns, no boat to row Can't be the goat if you never go pro I'm in the trenches like my coat Catch me in faux pas outside of the tavern I just lit the blunt off a laner Can't roll a jerk on an Instagram post I'm listening to Jungle, smoking all ramble That's the way the GSC crumble This shit heavy, I don't know what to call it I'm going to Alexander Graham Dumbbell Crosses in your neck like a braided mullet Call the bluff with ace high, yeah I paid and folded I ain't raised the bet just to fold on the river Can't tell if it's more than what's for dinner, it's probably both Hot and sour coop, sob and smell the egg flour I'm not in the loop, I'm still rendering Didn't listen to your album yet, but it's probably dope Don't tell me to hang in there, you gon' sell me rope I'm Miss Jackson, I ain't talking about the outcast song I'm wondering if Anthony go outlast Tron Finally embracing my body, 30 years into it I don't wanna be a contrarian, I wanna be a conduit Right on, man. Well, we can uh, we can dive into it then. I'm yeah. stoked to chat with you. I feel like this is like one of those ones that's a, a long time coming and probably been in communication for like many years now. Yeah, I know. We I think you first hit me up about it like four years ago. Or yeah, something like that. You know, my my friend Simone told yeah. me about you a long time ago, yeah. and I was she was like, "Oh, you gotta have this dude, old Grape God, on the podcast," and. I checked out your stuff and was just like drawn into just the experimental nature of it and just how how weird and shit it seemed to to get even you know early on with it so i'm excited to to talk to you being that i've been you know kind of following along with what you've been doing and not just with the music stuff but all the fashion stuff you seem to dive into and the the visual art as well so yeah a bunch of bunch of different things yeah man um yeah your your new record defenseless the most recent album that's out kicks off with uh that flamboyant track and, yeah. it, and it's got that sample of you know i always wanted to be the type of artist you can put on the music and and just kind of recognize who it is within that so yeah it's gil sky heron yeah so i was i was curious uh just to kick things off like what made you gravitate towards that and like what kind of sets like that precedent in your mind to wanting to be this recognizable artist in that way and just you know exploring stuff outside of the box um yeah i mean like i started music really late so i didn't start rapping or making music till i was like 22 um and i had like very little exposure to it i didn't have any like real music lessons or anything like that growing up so um i started it super late and i started it as like you know, as a already doing poetry and like being like a visual artist and all these other things that I was into. And like, I didn't expect music to really become such a big part of my life. And so, you know, I, 
approach everything in a very like visual way and so all my music is like very visual and how i see it come together and stuff from just literally writing to like colors and and shapes and and textures and whatnot so um for me it's like i'm not a very naturally musically gifted person so it's like anything that i'm doing is an extension of my personality and stuff so it's like kind of to the constraints of what I can actually physically do. And like, I physically can't sound like anybody else. Like I just, if, even if I try, like I, I can't really. So I've just leaned into the shit that I like. And I have a really weird kind of uh, weird is a lame word, but like, I just, I have a diverse eclectic range of like influences that as a rapper, it creates kind of a funny like product because it's, you know, funneled through rap, but a lot of the stuff that inspires me is not other rappers. It's everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny when the things kind of shake out that way, as far as what you're talking about is you, you had kind of these, these limitations to what you could do, especially early on, I would imagine in exploring that, but sometimes, you know, all that, all the technicality and all like the music theory that some people might know can kind of get in, get in the way of the creativity and you don't you yeah. really have that yeah exactly like uh, ignorance <laughs> kind of was like <laughs> the best thing going for me to get into this because i didn't fucking know any better and i still am not super technically sound in most things but like uh because i do it so much it's i found a way to find my sound and stuff through it and because i didn't go in it being like i want to sound like so and so there was never like a like oh i officially sa- i finally sound like this mm. person you know like i finally sound like this rapper that i looked up to no it's like i as i've grown as a person my voice and creativity has like been a part of that so you know the music matures and whatnot but like how i got to here was just by just fucking letting things fly and like really just just being very open and fluid with my creative processes so that you know it's there's not this end result in mind. So I, I don't know how long, how far along the process to final form I am. You know what I mean? Like who knows what it's going to, what I'm going to sound like in 20 years. You know? Yeah. Uh, so what was like the, that triggering moment that, that kind of propels you into exploring the music and getting your voice on, on some tracks? Um, well, I started like, I used to just hang out and smoke with the homie that like had a studio underneath the horse brush just down the street uh, Jeremy and uh, he made a bunch of like kind of ambient experimental stuff and all sorts of more synthy just kind of abstract shit that's not necessarily like he did hip-hop beats but it wasn't necessarily like conventional hip-hop beats and he knew that I would did poetry and stuff and so he's like we should record some of your poems over some of my like ambient stuff just for fun and then once I started doing that I was like I'm close enough to like kind of rapping and then as I got better at delivery and all those things it's just it kind of just came into its own but i never wanted to come into it like i'm gonna you know match some pre-existing mold it's kind of just been like i i I don't know i i i go in like binges of creativity especially like mediums and stuff so it's like i'll make more (laughs) music in a year than most people that are way better at it than me just because i want to and I think that that create that openness and like in, in genuine interest in trying to explore this shit more is what's propelled it the whole time is that it's like 
I just have fun doing it. And it's like, for me, it's fascinating in like how to make things my own. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would imagine like doing as much different stuff you are, you don't always have room for, for everything. So it kind of makes sense that it comes in, comes in waves sometimes yeah. just going heavy into the music sometimes and, and then into the, the visual art stuff. And yeah, like the, the painting and embroidery stuff is what pays my bills most of the time. And then every once in a while I'll get some money from music shit, but it's like the music stuff is, is therapy and it's, <laughs> it's an extension of my personality and, and things where it's like it's kind of better that i don't expect that as my you know cash yeah. flow because then i can be fully free in the music and do the things that you don't realize is important until later you know absolutely yeah there's something to not having to change the relationship to it in that way and putting those pressures upon trying to make money off that exactly. that type of art and uh yeah, it kind of seems like it allows you to put out as much material as you want to put out and not have to worry about those things so much. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, as an artist, the most important thing is always this internal compass and internal, like, it, it's got to be intrinsic, your motivation, your drive and everything. That's It's all got to be internal. So, like, as much as working with whoever or anything else, you have to find that shit in yourself and so it's like it doesn't matter what your end goal is it's like you have to spend the time you know yeah yeah it's uh it's interesting like learning that the poetry has always been like a part of what you were doing even when you were younger then yeah yeah i was writing poems since as long as i could write <laughs> yeah because i feel like that that delivery seems to exist in your delivery of of rapping and and putting your voice over tracks it, it yeah. very much has like that cadence and, and that sort of flow to it yeah i mean the writing is the most important thing to me and it's fun to get more creative as i learn more about production and stuff and since i started producing for myself like i learned a lot more but the writing is always most important to me so like a lot most of the verses and shit i'm writing not listening to the beat i'm not trying to make it match the beat i'm writing what i feel in that moment and then i'm making the beat work for me or i'm like you know getting on and being like okay how can i make this fucking very inconsistently patterned verse like i'm still gonna find ways to make it land on you know yeah, in the yeah. pocket at places and stuff and that makes it so the the writing informs the delivery and then everything else is just and a product of the writing you know and then making things try to belt together oh that's dope i i like really appreciate the spirit of like i'm gonna make the beat work for me because yeah. you're you're often you know you're uh, you are delivering vocals over something that isn't uh you know doesn't necessarily always have a pocket yeah. to it you know it, it's often experimental or uh yeah just uh it's it's not usually very straight ahead so it seems to like lend itself to that that style and and like you're saying just making the b work for you and figuring out how to make the pieces fall in between yeah um and that's for me that's like th so much fun you know is like be like okay i wrote this verse on my fucking f phone you know last night watching yeah. movies and then today i'm gonna just i'm not even gonna practice it before i record it i'm gonna just load up instrumental i think it'll fit and then go at it and then you know 
it's just finding those little moments and like when you have to like what I'm trying to keep in mind is this idea of like uh, performance as being something that is a one of one experience in that moment, you know? Um, and so much of like with commercialization of artists and stuff, like people think seem like they're going through the motions 99% of the time. And even on recorded stuff where it's like they were in the studio, they had every opportunity to put as much emotion and feeling into this, this verse or the song, whatever. And it sounds like they're just doing something that they, it sounds like they, they practice it a thousand times before. And by the time that they won, that was like precise enough, all the feeling had been stripped. And that's how I experience most music that comes out now is there's yeah. no feeling. Yeah. I think that's, that's real. And I think, I think one of the things that I've really dug that you've done as of late and especially during the pandemic times or just these videos that you'll like throw up on socials, like on Instagram where you got the little tiny mic. Yeah. I, I've been a, a big fan of, of that series of things. Cause it, it kind of comes across like you did just write this and, and it feels like the first time you're yeah. reading it out loud almost. And I don't know how you put those together, but no, it's, it's literally like I wake up that morning that I post them usually. And it's like, I'll wake up that morning and be like, wanting to write first thing in the morning i write this page i'm hyped on it and then i tell my girl you know he come film me do this little verse real quick and um people like the porch bars a lot and it's funny because like people engage with them shits way more than my actual music mm. and there's definitely people that like go check out the music because of it but it's almost like those little acapella of fucking single 30 bar verses and shit is like enough for certain people's engagement with me. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, this is what I want. I like your little, your wordplay and whatnot isolated here. And I think most of the time I, in general, the music might be more overwhelming and people don't get that just the bars from it <laughs> you know what i mean so. i keep seeing hate crimes rebranded money grows on bigotry it don't take too much time to understand love is harder to spread the misery the shit show tis of thee the apathy is sick and knee oh you a sex addict go fuck yourself they shoving down the elderly terrorists looking like neck bearded deli meat fools be like he was a super spreader but now he's vaccine he was an abuser, but now he's come clean on a buried Instagram post with comments disabled beneath. I'm saving up to take time off to grieve. Dust off my shoulders, but I keep grime on my sleeve. Taking pride in my identity, just don't come cheap. I have no frenemies, just people that do or don't protect me. Zaki said respect is not attention, and I agree. That's why the object of my expression is always to breathe for those suffocated in one way or several. My grandpa beat COVID. He ain't leave Laos to go out like that. Talk to him on FaceTime when he couldn't talk back. I dare you. I double God dare you, motherfucker, to stereotype that. Well, I think a, a part of it for me personally, as a, as a fan of that series, and maybe being one of those people that like just those like are enough yeah. often. And what I kind of learned, I guess, over kind of preparing and knowing that I was going to have this talk with you and the more I dove into even your music videos is that just having the visual experience with you and, and getting that, that complete 
thing is like it it makes the music that much better i guess and even getting to just see you do the thing and you know the goofy little mic and you know the just the aesthetic of the whole thing just uh i don't know seems to make it more special in some way totally and yeah my live performances and stuff like i don't i rarely do like pre-written songs and stuff there like I'll bring instrumentals, but usually I'm like anxiety drinking before the show and then I just forget shit and I freestyle and the freestyles go over better than when I'm reciting. And that's kind of how I've been trying to experience art and music and everything where it's like most of the time people will be okay with you just reciting whatever. As long as you're on point, you're in the pocket, you're doing the thing. But nobody remembers those they can say they saw you do this but there's no specific thing that stands out from it and i find that when i do these live performances where it's freestyle and i'm fucking engaging with the crowd or i'm telling jokes and shit those are the ones that people tell me later on like remember when you did this it's like i don't really really remember it but that sounds about right you know like um you know i saw a friend the other day that he's like yeah i booked you for a show five years ago and you were laying on the ground and not rapping, but then pointing out weird observations about every single pu- person in the know <laughs> at that time and was cu- put him on blast, but they were engaged because yeah. they knew that you could see them, you know, and it's like certain things that like it, I feel like the energy that goes into the music and performance sometimes it's just like it's like fuck there's so much i'm feeling so much right now and i can only express it in this vein here and i don't want to do that happy song i don't want to do that fucking other song right now i want to fucking tell how i feel 10 from 10 minutes ago you know what i mean like yeah and i think that the the people that gravitate to you know support you are probably like they're about that one of one experience you know knowing that you know, it's not going to be the same next time or or I'm sure even if you're doing a, a string of shows, you know, night to night, it would be very different. What would totally. happen on stage each night? Yeah, because it's got to be fun for me. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I am indulgent in that way. Uh, but it's. I don't know. It's a constant thing where you're you're thinking about like what's the most cathartic experience for you as a performer but then what do people actually want to experience like what makes them feel good or have fun you know and ultimately it's like you can't even fucking you can't do anything but just be in that moment you know and shit make it's fun (laughs) for sure are you you kind of the mindset maybe that since you know you did start off with the poetry and you are so comfortable in that acapella format and not necessarily always like writing things to beats. Like, do you feel like if it's not strong enough to stand alone, it's not good enough to like go over a beat or, um, no, I like, I, I legitimately just write so fucking much that like remembering single verses and stuff is just, it's fleeting because I I don't have I don't have the memory space like I <laughs> I, I keep stuff fucking that's why I put out so much shit because it's like I'm I'm not gonna remember this in a fucking week you know but revisiting stuff feels good and it's still there I I know I feel confident in the integrity of my writing on anything just the 
the mixing and the beats and that stuff evolves over time and the yeah. technical shit comes together, you know. Um, but, you know, I have like over 400 songs available out. Yeah, it's, you know? it's, a, it's a ridiculous amount of music. Yeah, and so it's like, I, I get, once I got past the point of like feeling like fucking, you know, a lot of people rap like every song sounds like they want that to be the first song you hear from them. So they want to tell their whole story. They want to cover all the generic bases. I'm this, I'm that in every single song. So they kind of treat it like they're going to get their 15 minutes eventually. And then this song's going to be the 15 minutes. Right. So once I let go of that shit and was like, I can write a song that captures everything I felt in the last three minutes looking around my room, you know, that will have more, will be more telling and be more expressive than these general things. And so, you know, like with writing so fucking much, I can have a song for every hour of the day, every 20 minutes of the day, you know, it's just picking which one applies to that. But if I keep, keep recycling this inspiration, it doesn't fucking one verse is not necessarily better than another one just for different circumstances it's like scenes in a fucking tv show you know there's the climax wouldn't matter if there wasn't all this other setup and the little nuances and things like that and in the grand scheme of things it's like yeah and i think that's maybe where um you know maybe you get some of your patience then in in the production of tracks because there's tracks where you have to wait like 30 seconds to a minute before you start really like digging in on stuff and you know the track is just uh just setting up the scene and and uh taking it into different spaces and whatnot and i think that's also uh you know maybe goes back to not putting the the money pressures on on your art in this way too because you you you're not worried about trying to make this banger track every single time to get the attention or what you need to make it financially sustainable Totally. I mean, like, straight up, I have zero chance aiming for that pop route, for that expected route. Because you, it's not just sounding like fucking Drake. It's being Drake more so than even sounding like it. So it's, you know, it's like this kind of, like, it's unobtainable if you have any fucking spine or real sense of self you have to really give everything up to go that route. And I'm not willing to do that. So whatever music I make is an extension of my personality and always will be. And I have shit that I think should be on the radio. I have shit that I think should not be on the radio, you know, but it's all going to get lost in the mix because they're just going to see me as this weird guy with a million tracks out. They're not going to, instead of, but the people who do actually engage with things one at a time and can actually digest things and actually know how to engage with shit, there's tons there for them. And so it's like, I gave up a long time ago on like having this mass appeal because the only way that I'm going to have any larger following is if I'm just doing my shit and people see the genuine nature of that. And it might take 10 years, it might take fucking 40 years, but that's why I put the old in the name, you know. I'm I'm good. <laughs> you know, I don't have to drop it later and pretend to mature. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, <laughs> did you quickly get into producing beats then too? Just yeah, even I, out of necessity because you did like just to fulfill yeah. the urges of hey, I want to put this down and 
Exactly. Yeah. No, I started making beats because, well, I, I started making beats around the same time I started rapping, but just not knowing shit about music <laughs> and like not having great rhythm and shit. Like I was, was making more just ambient, weird film scorey type shit, you know, and then rapping on that. And so I do better when I just, I think rapping wise, when I just fucking, when I work with other producers and I can just rap, but, uh, you know, producing my own shit was because yeah, to keep up with it, producers I was working with before got busy. And also I can't expect them to work for free all the time. You know, yeah, it's like, I don't want to take advantage of that. And like, you know, if I'm not making money back for it, like I understand people got, if that's their only stream income, they got to shop it around to people that want to buy beats and whatnot. And, you know, uh, in the long run of things, I can't expect that much from, from other producers. So I got to figure out myself, but also it's so much fun being able to produce things that work with my vocals. Cause it yeah. matches visually in my mind. I see it. I see in the way that it looks in the, in the DAW, you know, more than like i i don't hear it necessarily you know what i mean like it's it's weird like yeah my my relationship with sound and music (laughs) is is abstracted i feel like yeah uh i I was thinking about that kind of on the way over here i was i was wondering if you got involved in the mixing and kind of felt like that had to have been a hands-on experience for you in a lot of ways too just because of I don't know. So much character seems to be like built through the vocal, you know, and all the different filters going in on that and kind of seem like you personally would have had your, your touch on that in some way to want to convey whatever emotion like through that filter. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for texture and vibrance and, you know, having these different feelings It always, people always relate to like psychedelia, but it's that's not necessarily it i just i want something that's not out of the box you know um but yeah the freedom you have to change shit when you're producing like it can be dangerous too because i'm trying to tweak every little things i'm having all these drops and shit and then i'll listen back to past albums like isolation was the first one that i like fully produced myself and you know um i listen back to it i'm like I have the beat drop out way too much and like, you know, the mix isn't as good, but now I'm at a point where I can, I record other rapper homies and I mix their shit for them. And you know, I can do that differently than like, I'm better at mixing and recording than like composing and you know, that side of things, you know, I can, I can separate that technical detail wise, you know, for sure. What's the first form of art that you kind of gravitated towards as a kid? Was it the the drawing and drawing, the visual stuff? Yeah, yeah, drawing and um, yeah, mostly drawing. Um, I really wanted to be like a clothing designer for most of like my childhood and stuff, and then I just realized there's too much like bureaucracy and hoops you got to jump through to like. Yeah, I'm watching that Von Dutch series on yeah. Hulu, and they just like dive deep into like all of that it's, stuff, and it's pretty wild. It's 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 a fucking lot and being a designer is not always as creative as they make it seem and i worked at a leather goods company for about eight years from when i was like 19 to 27 and uh so i got to see kind of behind the you know see how that shit worked and do it did a bunch of design stuff that i was like okay so if i designed this lanyard for the company right 
they're not putting my name on it on the website or anything like that. This just falls under the brand. Nobody fucking knows that I designed it. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. It's just this is this brand's product. And when I was kind of realizing that I was like, I think I like art more, you know, <laughs> because I can do a painting that I have control over every single step of it. And it's my shit. And, you know, but clothing was the first creative thing that kind of brought it in because I was hella shy when I was younger and stuff. And so and then I realized, like, people would talk to me based off of how I dressed and that was like my icebreaker for me and i was like okay well i guess this is creativity coming out i was interested in all this other shit but i didn't know really you know that if i funnel in the, these mediums that i can have these results and shit you know until i got older but you know it's way more fun doing this shit than a lot of other things that i've done you know yeah so just art in general, I would assume, just kind of lent lended to the the shyness. Then you spend like a lot of time like alone working on yeah. art and stuff, and visual art, and like thinking about clothing design and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got laid off from the leather goods company like right before. Um, I think it was right after Christmas, like 2017, and then I was like, I'm not fucking, like, I'm not going back. So I've just been yeah. grinding it out on this shit since then and you know I, I made a decision that i wanted to you know be mostly a painter when i got laid off and shit so hustling and grinding grinding out through these things has made my music better and has had made made me a happier more peaceful person for yeah. sure yeah. yeah you talk about that on, on green eggs yeah talking about you know freeing yourself from the nine to five and, and hustling and whatnot I'm going ham like I came with green eggs You do it for the gram, I do it for the glam We are not the same We are not the same I'm going ham like I came with green eggs You do it for the gram, I do it for the glam We are not the same We are not the same It's a sham, it's a shame How motherfuckers can be so fake How motherfuckers can be so lame Please go away Get your lazy ass out of my periphery I'm getting claims out the stripe Muscles out the bank Hustle to avoid the day job. I just can't go back. I'm stuck this way. Fuck you, pay artists. Me or someone else. We go hard for this shit. Just for you to put a little piece on your shelf. I need peace. All this white noise does not help. I'm known to melt minds and liquefy all state drives in the country. Just playing chopsticks with knives. Gut in my spine. Keep my mind in check. I, I relieve myself of those nine to five duties. Like, I'm like six months ago or so just to i just needed to know you know like yeah you got it you got how, how can i survive kind of on my own and like if i see value in the stuff that i'm doing then let's like try to figure out how to make it kind of on my own and it's like even after six months of it i i just keep telling myself i i can't go back to that that sort of like nine to five structure yeah. or that that job structure in in a full-time fashion at least yeah exactly i mean you eventually get in too deep and you're like this is this feels right this is what i should be doing i don't care how much money i'm making if i'm doing this it's better than fucking having money and having no time to do this you know and i think that a most that's with all the compromises in life like most people milling around in the world at some point had to make 
a major sacrifice for about half of at least of everything they ever thought they would do. They make the whether it's a conscientious moment or it's something like they took a job at a place they didn't expect to be at for 35 years and then they're in too deep there. And it's like working out any other muscles creatively, you know, or just like mentally, physically. It's whatever you're doing, spending most of your time doing is what you're growing in that direction. And when you're at work for the best, for you, when you have the most energy, for the best mental clarity, most of your days on earth, you never actually get to fully put yourself into the things that make you want to work harder and not just out of these other very obvious material results. It's like when you're fully in it, you're not the days blur together. You're working later. You're getting up earlier. You know, you, you money, time, uh, conversations, everything else. Everything's just like richer when there's not this looming fucking thing over. It's like, well, I got to fucking get up for work in three hours. So this session's over, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's little things like that. That is just like, you know, I swear I'm like, I'm more engaged and more present with family and shit like that than when I was working full time and trying to do all this shit in my free time and stuff. And like also the real pressure of being like, okay, I have to support myself off of my creative ideas and I've put in enough time. I should be able to fucking do it. It's not going to be easy, but I should be able to do it and trusting yourself to be like, I'll make it work. I'm not going to just fuck around for 30 days. Oh, rent's due. I'm going to go look for a job. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're going to make it work if you actually fucking care. And I think that a lot of this shit, people scrape by for years just doing the imitation thing. And then they get burnt out because they don't get the results because it's not feeding their soul or any of that shit. And then they just go back and they fall into fucking some, some plan B. And you know, like in green eggs, I say like, you know, I can't go back. I'm stuck this way. And that was like, kind of like an affirmation I had to make in, in that song where it's like, I, I know what that feels like to not be able to live your full life. And I will do anything to not go back to that, you know, and I'll do random ass shit. That's just to not get, committed into another thing like that where it's very manipulative in that whole corporate set structure for any business it can be very manipulative into emotional physical obligations to a place or to an entity that could take the rug out from under you all of a sudden you know especially when you have if you're responsible for other human beings you know if you got kids exactly you know um it's uh it's you gotta you gotta play the game sometimes when you're in certain situations and i don't know i just kind of recognized that i'm not getting any younger and yeah. i needed to for once make this the decision that wasn't necessarily safe and kind of you know bet on myself in some ways or or just you know give it give it a shot if i yeah. like, believe in it this hard or if i'm if i'm willing to put this much time into something while i have some nine to five grind like let's see what that energy exactly. can do only on that stuff and i would imagine for you it's like really nice to not be at some 
job that you don't want to be at and you're having those creative ideas and you can't execute on them in the moment because you're you know you're trapped in that and then you get home and you're not really in that moment anymore you're you're not inspired by that anymore and it's it's a little harder to to tap into to the things you want to be doing totally and that's the thing it's like you know you the hours are nine to five because that's when you're awake and you are most (laughs) useful you know um and then by the time you're exhausted and you just want to chill and you already know your money's taken care of so you're not doing the extra shit and then you're not feeding your soul and you're not doing anything but like it feels pretty fucking good when people are like what are you doing for work and it's like i'm doing my own thing and yeah being able to say that feels fucking good i don't care if i'm fucking you know some months fucking hardly make any money and other months do great you know it's like just knowing that i'm like fully committed to this life whatever it is uh is all i need Mm. you know yeah where it's like i could fucking die tomorrow and be like yeah he went fucking hard before he didn't get the respect but he went hard you know like i cannot feel bad about not exploring all the potential you know at this point and if I can keep my fucking head straight and, yeah. and stay grateful and let this positive keep cycling through, you know, then I can do this a long time. And there's no possible way that I could fail if I put this much effort in f- consistently for so long. You know what I mean? It's been about six months of being able to rent this room as an ex- exclusively for a studio, you know, and it's like that doubled my rent, but. I was like, I need to fucking be professional and embrace like, okay, this is, you make your money out of the house. You don't need to cram it in this side room upstairs. Like get this fucking, you know, roommate moved out. And I was like, yeah, we're fucking doing it. Yeah. And, um, it's these little steps and like, I mean, I'm sure you listen to a lot of podcasts aside from making them. Like I love listening to interviews with like, I like the WTF podcast mark maron a lot Marin's, because Marin's, yeah he's, because you hear all these different you know uh s- stories of growth and you know this person is successful and you've already become familiar with them seeing them around and yada yada by the time you're hearing the interview they're not up and coming people that they're right. interviewing but they'll talk about things that are like yeah they were fucking broke 10 years ago you know and it's like all this stuff is within reach if you just put keep putting the right feet forward it's like we do so much self-sabotage shit all the time because we don't actually know if we can handle being fulfilled in life and it's easier to just never try to be fulfilled than to get there 75 percent of the way and not appreciate it you know it's fucking scary like with all the the social pressures and and everything that you're kind of like raised with as a kid and the you know the structure of how you're supposed to go about your life and you start like fucking around outside of it and realizing that shit's not really real and whatnot but it's also it's cool like you're saying you know listen to those marins especially there's there's often a lot of comedians and marin himself being a comedian and and finding out that most of those people it takes until their 40s 50s before they they really hit that financial stability of things but you know they after they do it's like i'm not gonna re- i'm not gonna be able to retire at 50 if i keep working at 
Walmart or yeah. whatever. Like yeah. that, that's a, you'll be working I'm there to seventy eight. You're never gonna you're retire. You're gonna die right? on the fucking job. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be out there greeting people as yeah. they're walking in. Still, yeah. when you're ninety, and yeah. you know, so thing. yeah, man. Yeah, and that's that's really being realistic about the capitalism in our country and stuff. You you have to be fucking realistic about it. It's it's unfair to 99% of the people in the country the way it's set up. But you still have access to certain things that, like, uh, it's like you you have to be cutthroat for yourself to make it here, but you can still make something out of fucking nothing Yeah, in ways that, you know, I haven't lived in other countries, so I can't speak in other countries, but there is just this element of that it is so many fucking wild cards, and there's a lot of fucking people milling around that aren't really hustling, and if you hustle, you can fucking find ways mm-hmm. to to thrive here and whatever, but um, just being realistic about how the shit works, how to sustain yourself in creative fields because there is ways to sustain yourself you just have to be smart about shit it's you know and and be genuine where you're coming from and you know i see a lot of fucking a couple of the songs on the album were inspired by seeing lame half-assing artists that i'm like you're gonna act entitled for ever until you accept that you're not cut out for this shit and like you know, there's, we live in Portland where it's a very much like, you know, participation trophy city and, but nobody really thrives staying here. And you got to kind of just keep be constantly thinking of the bigger picture for things of what suits you and you can make the shit work if you're creative about your creativity. But a lot of people, their creativity is left in their art and not how they go about their art. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you can't, it's hard to put it all in one lane or, you know, put everything in one basket and like, yeah. make it sustainable too. So it's, uh, but it's exciting. Like when you can start making things work and I don't know how it was for you immediately after you like made that kind of conscious decision to go after it. But like what I found is that good things continue to unfold. If I just keep at what I want and like, if I actually like stay on top of my shit and I'm not fucking around, like you're saying, you know, spending the whole 30 days playing video games instead of doing the stuff I need to do to make it sustainable, you know, like it wasn't until I made that decision though, that those things those opportunities started to appear or uh things started to unfold in the right way and it wasn't necessarily like handouts or anything like i felt like oh like these are the things i've been like thought this could be while i was bullshitting at my job totally yeah i mean because then you know when you have the job it gives you that security blanket and it's kind of this thing where it's like yeah i can have this passion on the side and everything's gonna be okay though if that shit's not working out. Right. And so there's no pressure and nobody's going to put pressure on yourself, you know, other than yourself. And, you know, I was talking to the homie milk the other couple weeks ago about just kind of this stuff. And, you know, he was like, as soon as I started fully going in on this shit and not letting myself get caught up in all the extracurricular things, like good things started happening, you know? 
as soon as I was just like, fuck it, drop these clips of me rapping my ass off, you know, he's like, yeah, that it started working for me. And people started realizing that he was like, yeah, I just put out e- five EPs in a year, you know, and it's like you can people are rarely fucking performing at their at their highest effort rarely like how the fuck do you go through 30 40 50 years of life never actually applying yourself like that shit's what fucking kills me is that we give it's not like there's like it's different of like working hard and like doing you know expected things it's it's different than than that but just like this idea of that like people are just muted and like dulled and not ever letting themselves fully do their thing and like that's all success is is when you are fully being you and putting positive <laughs> things in the world and, and contributing more than you're taking mm. and consuming that's that's success and it it will it will work out financially when you're doing those things it's they're they're not exclusive and like it's uh it's hard because it takes courage to like separate what you thought you were when you were fucking 13 from who you realize you are when you're 30 oh man you know and being like, because there's plenty of people that are I know that are be like I I know I'm good at this I've been doing this for years, but I don't know if I can take it further. I'm like, well, you haven't tried to take it further, so how you there is no, you just haven't done it yet, and that's the way I see everything is like you either have done it or you're working towards it or you're not even trying. There's no like the half-assing thing it's just there's too much other shit that life throws at you as you get older to be dragging your feet in any thing that is supposed to ultimately serve you in the long run and it, it ultimately becomes this thing that it's like this like weird like burden on people where they're like i'm not willing to fucking take the risk or to trust myself to fully go into this thing and so it makes me miserable and I don't want to do it and I'm quitting music or, you know, shit like that. That shit breaks my fucking heart because I'm like, you're just not loving yourself enough yeah. to to give yourself that chance. And like, no matter what the fuck you want to do in life, you don't have to be super fucking ambitious to to see to like raise the ranks if you can you can focus on one fucking thing you can be the best fucking plumber in the phone book you know but it's just caring about the about something just at least have the one fucking thing that like will make you do the shit you don't want to do because it's more important and having that type of stuff grounds you to be more uh you know uh reciprocative in like relationships friendships things like that when you're treating that fire in your in your stomach doing treating that you're 
not putting your bullshit on other people as much because you know yeah. you're handling it. And a lot of people just kind of float into their fucking 30s and then they're like, fuck, okay, like, I guess this is my job. This is my life now. And like, you know, and they're not really happy. So there's nothing that they're really passionate about. And there's nothing that really makes them go above and beyond for their partners or for their friends or any of the shit that like is really what makes life rich, you know? And that, like, life is art, you know, it's completely intertwined. And so you can tell when people are, yeah. are not feeding themselves in whatever they're producing in For any sure. medium, you know. Yeah, it's being the light. Like, yeah. I, in, yeah, I feel fortunate that I just kind of uh, started surrounding myself with more and more people that were kind of on that tip. And maybe even from a distance, you know for some people maybe just some of the people like yourself that i know are in the community and like did break free of that stuff after the you know the leather company stuff and i saw you were you know it seemed like you were moving some paintings and selling some clothes and i was like oh this is cool man like he he ditched it he ditched it all to go all in on on him and it seems like it's uh it's working out for him and then you know i've got some other people um that have done the same and it just seems like yeah, they're 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 still grinding hard. It's not early retirement. It's uh, but it's putting the work into your your own stuff and things that you actually believe in. And like you're saying, at least you're uh, pursuing that passion and and putting some yeah. of that energy into the world is is cool as fuck. So yeah, I like it's it's funny because it's like you know, as a rapper, as a fucking artist with a persona whatever the fuck like you have a response you have to be aware that what you put out comes back to you and you know i think that so much of rap and just in in music and art in general is so fucking like focus on the personality artist and this fucking idolizing this person like they're not fucking the rest of us and have the same wants and needs and stuff you know and ultimately it's like you know when i talk to people and if they say anything that i've done is is inspirational in any way or piqued their interest in some medium they had to fuck with that's the tightest shit and that is i feel like i can feel good about like what i'm contributing you know like more so it's like people are aware of all the shit that i do they're not gonna no one has the fucking i don't even have the fucking time to engage with all the shit that i create it is just a non-stop fucking that's how i process life and how i stay okay you know but like i don't expect people to engage with everything that i'm doing but i'm know that i'm doing enough that if you were at least aware of me I hope that it's in in a positive creative way that that feeds feeds the overall thing that encourages people to pursue that shit like that's part of it too you know yeah dude that's why I'm here for <laughs> sure you know <laughs> um do you uh do you feel like the the clothing design the embroidery and the visual art are there a lot of parallels there for you as far as tapping into the the same feelings that you get when you're making music or do they feel pretty yeah. different i no they're definitely the same it's all hand in hand like literally you know before you came through i was working on some tote bags upstairs and like first thing in the morning i was writing 
and then you know i gotta bounce out some tracks with some people and then i gotta fucking work on like these painting commissions and stuff so it's like there's in my day i'm touching five six different mediums and different platforms so it's like i'm still feeling all those things throughout the day and then it just it pours into whatever i'm i'm working on and painting is like the best thing for my like spirit and calming and I, it's where I get a lot of inspiration for things because I'm just thinking and I'm just letting stuff flow through me while I'm focusing on this thing. And I come up with the ideas and like, you know, like the shirts and stuff is like a lot of that shit's like driven by melding my like uh, appreciation of clothes and like design with like I just I love comedy and like it's how I can get my little fucking Sorry. jokes off and they're fucking funny <laughs> you know like all all those uh, a lot of these fucking bootleg shirts and shit that's just shit that I thought was fucking funny dude that YouTube to mp3 converter <laughs> like killed me yeah <laughs> like, and that's such like there's such a cool culture to like support something like that specifically where yeah. so many people like that's such a an inside thing for for so many totally but, but yeah. there is like such a, a large amount of people that are that are uh, you know they know what that means and they yeah. connect to that heavy i didn't expect and... 400 people to like it you know what <laughs> i mean like it was like all right well in this small thing and that's like kind of the shit that i was doing with the shirts where it was like fucking you know i needed to make some bread so i was just like i'm gonna focus my energy on making shirts and ran through fucking i dropped like 30 shirts 30 days or something you know and i was selling at least a handful of like every single one so i was like all right this is actually like this is cool pay for this month's rent next month's rent you know of these little jokes and shit that i thought was just fucking funny because i knew how to put it in a way that could yeah. be consumed and none of the shit was that original of ideas you know i'm slap putting you know two logos together but it's just because in my mind that's fucking funny that yeah. you know I'd do those two things and that no legitimate business would ever like do that you know i'm kind of bridging this inaccessible embroidery shit you know and that shit to me is way cooler than doing stuff that's branded or like grape god merch and shit you know it's like i always feel like that's i'm like nobody wants to fucking wear a grape god shirt They'll do something that's an idea that i actually made or you know rep the ideas not the fucking not me because <laughs> i'm not i'm not the yeah. I ideas you know i just know how to channel it or whatever but yeah it's and it's it's one of those things again though like you know to you it was like this silly joke and mm -hmm. and you put but if you didn't put that one out there you now you kind of have like this avenue like oh yeah. maybe i should tap into this a bit as far as uh some designs yeah and as you know from the shit that i learned at the leather company i applied it to like doing the embroidery stuff and like you know i know how to cost out shit so that it's worth my time doing it and supplies and all that stuff and get the production like you know i'm hella efficient in like my production timing because i just know how to from doing all the leather stuff and you know it's like okay two days a week i got to do embroidery stuff all day and you know, but then it's other avenues where it's like all my shit that I was, I think, coming into music late and having other experiences made it so that I was like coming in being like, I want to cut the fucking middleman out of everything. I can do all this shit myself, you know, and I can do shit for other artists that are too lazy to figure out how to do, <laughs> you know, their own merch or whatever. People drop homies, drop projects and they'll be like, 
hey, we should run this embroidery. Like, I got, I already got the design laid out. What do you want to do? You know, split the profits. It's all good. <laughs> and, you know, but there's just, like, there's so many ways to that up-and-coming artists get taken advantage of because they're not willing to look outside of the narrow scope of how they think they're going to reach this pinnacle or this clout or this, you know, acclaim. And they think it's only going to go through, like, if I just keep singing, if I just keep fucking rapping really good, then it's going to get there. And it's like, you don't fucking know. Like, I've made connections with, like, through someone saw the shirt and then they followed me after they bought the shirt and then they realized that they liked my music and then we, you know, and then they tell their friends. Like, it's like there's a million, you can cast wider nets without sacrificing your integrity of this shit and i think people get so fucking like you know tunnel vision on shit that they are don't realize you can apply creativity to all sorts of shit and it's not that fucking it's not that hard you know we're not doing like crazy physical labor you know the most taxing shit for me is when i'm hunched over a painting for two days straight (laughs) because i don't want to get like a proper table for it you know or murals murals (laughs) you know murals can be exhausting but I got to set up some speakers every once in a while. It's not that bad. I'm not risking my fucking life (laughs) doing any of this shit, you know? So it's like, not really here to fucking complain. I'm not in the coal mines, you know? As dramatic as I can make living seem through poetry. It's like, I'm I'm okay, you know? I'm very grateful to, you know, be in this place, but it's it's part of the journey i feel like i i'm living my my truth and whatnot you know but like fucking who who knows what's gonna happen in the world you know who the fuck cares what's gonna happen in my personal life when there's billions of other people on the planet and all sorts of other shit going on all the time like i am such a small <laughs> part of that you know even if fleeting like people that fuck with me fuck with me like for three minutes out of the day maybe if they see a story or see right. some art right. that they like of mine they i'm not <laughs> i'm not everyone's <laughs> life you know and i think as a fucking artist it's important to keep that shit in there where it's like who the fuck cares who is successful i want to know who the fuck like fully is them and doing their thing for their time on earth and shit and that's that's all you know and then are you a decent person (laughs) are you you know can you actually have a conversation with somebody without just you know (laughs) fucking clamming (laughs) up to try to sound like to seem mysterious when really (laughs) there's just nothing there and you could poke you could prod, but it's like you can tell when people are just not there yeah uh and being around the other the other folks it just like feeds feeds the fire too and it seems like you know looking through your catalog of music collaboration is something that you're you're heavily open to and uh yeah is that something that's just important to you just to be around other minds and just other other folks that are kind of you know pursuing their passions in some fashion yeah no i i, I love it um i love collaborating and you know, I, dude, I think I've collaborated with more people, more individual artists than anyone in this fucking city. <laughs> like I, it's it, at least a hundred art, different artists I've worked on something with, you know, and 
it's just uh it's funny because the collaboration stuff a lot of it just comes from hanging out with people you know and you get a feel for personalities and and how people do things and i love sharing that information with people when when they come in the right way energy wise every once in a while you know you know, people are coming sideways and like you're not here for the right reasons you know but like a lot of those collaborations is when people would come through and they'd be down to try things a little bit differently and they knew that coming through here that they that I don't really know what I'm doing too much but I will be pushing you in different ways and be trying to do some shit a little bit weirder and you just have to go with it and, and, and you know and, it's gonna be an experience yeah and you know, um, but I've learned to separate like the collaboration from the friendship and things. That's been like kind of more something that takes time to really realize, especially in a small town like this, where it's like not everybody you collaborate with gives a shit about you, but you can still make some great shit. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? For sure. And keeping, keeping those things fluid is just like, there's so much beyond the transactional aspects of collaboration in a lot of ways where it's like, you know, hang out with people all the time. And and if we're collaborating, it's because I actually like spending time in the same room as that person. And I think we're melding well together. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about, like, if they're more famous or less famous. It's like if they fucking have something special to them and they're letting that go and then then we can work you know yeah um but it's just there's i love just seeing what the fuck happens and just going in and letting and making it fun again because so much of the pressures to succeed in this industry especially it's just like it takes all the fucking fun out yeah you show up places show up to a session or something expecting to make something that's gonna explode yeah things like that we're gonna make the hit tonight yeah this tonight's gonna be the night we got to it's 80 dollars an hour for the studio and yada yada and you know spent 200 on lean (laughs) you know (laughs) we're taking instagram pics and shit it's like there's yeah there's just a lot of distractions that tuning that out is where the real growth happens and collaboration is awesome when people are open to it um and yeah i've learned so much to work with people and you know i other people said that that it's inspired them in different ways and shit and it's just it's fun like it's just it's i don't like play video games really or anything there's no, there's another like social interaction things that i do regularly with people in the fucking um make music and i play poker every night so it's yeah like, i know you know, you're telling me that <laughs> yeah it's a huge part of my life that is not on the surface <laughs> <laughs> is that a a recent thing um i used to play like in in high school i started playing with these guys like they're all older they're all um you know like later 40s and 50s just um, talking about playing some some hold'em or what? Yeah. Okay. But I started playing with them when I was like fourteen, and so uh, we I would just we'd play like I think they'd play once a week, once a month type things, fourteen, fifteen, and 
Um, and then when the pandemic started, we realized that we could do, we could play online, like in private clubs and I can set up own games. So I host and shit every single night <laughs> and play for at least a few hours every night. So that's rad, man. Yeah. I've played I, over a hundred thousand hands like in the last year and a half. <laughs> I, um, uh, in my late teens, early twenties, I went through a pretty heavy phase of playing a lot of yeah. Texas Hold'em and we just had a group of people that like to play and at least once or twice a week we'd all get together and play and then yeah. you know started fucking around going to the casino every once in a while yeah. entering a tournaments and I, I haven't played much at casinos but it's a, it, it's it was intimidating it's super <laughs> inti- it's always cold you're like how do I get comfortable how do I start getting good hands yeah because you're just kind of sitting there like you don't get I don't know in my experience I didn't get shit I got just bad hands also yeah and at that time that I was going being I don't know, 21, 22, sitting at the table, usually with a much older group yeah. of, of people. I'm just like, I don't have a poker face. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I, I used to go to the center and shit. And I think that was mostly when I recently had turned 21 when I was more like, oh, this is something I couldn't do before and stuff, yeah. you know. <laughs> but then I didn't play for like most of my 20s. We didn't play very often. And then when the pandemic hit, we realized that we could play on this app. And I was like, that's right. Hell man. yeah. Cause yeah. it's, it's way easier. You know, it's, it, it makes it a doable nightly thing because whether I'm like recording people in the session, working on beats and stuff, I can still be fucking doing on my phone or usually I'm just hanging out with my girlfriend and like, you know, watching King of the Hill and shit. But <laughs> in the evening times, like after I'm done all my shit and then just having poker on is like, you know, keeps, keeps the juice in the veins, you know? <laughs> But it's like there's little poker bars that sneak into like a lot of my shit now, and it's funny as fuck because none of my rap homies or art homies like play poker really. Like a few of them <laughs> hop in every once in a while, but like they don't know what the fuck I'm referencing on yeah. these things, and it just like you know they're weird. It's it's you know anything that I like engage with, I could pull some inspiration out of, but like. It's funny that it's like obvious that if you're a poker player that you'd hear those shit and you're like, why the fuck is he talking about? Like, right. You know, <laughs> you're just going to have like this weird pocket of like poker lovers that also love hip hop right. and rap and, and music and pain, that yeah. uh, that are just going to be about it. And you're just going to get to like rap at the World Series of Poker. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Try to be the next big and rich. <laughs> You know? yeah man i would yeah i went through that real heavy and like loved even playing online when there was no money at stake like yeah. just with like with fake money was yeah that was the thing for a while but um what do you think about out of body like looking back on on that collection of work um was is that like the first official release from from the old grape god moniker or is that just like the first available um, on the streaming services that's the first one on the streaming services. Okay. I, um, and that was like the fifth album, I want to say. It went Time Travel EP, then 444, and then uh, Hazy Rain, and AGE, and then I think Out of Body was maybe, I think that was the fifth one okay it's i have to that's a good go back and check it they're all on Bandcamp, but i just 
I have so much shit on the streaming that it's only the recent ones, and then like you know, I don't want all the. I don't know. First stuff. Yeah, on, yeah, on for sure. We also had a lot of really egregious samples <laughs> that we were just like, you know, I was. It doesn't really fucking matter when you're not getting huge numbers, but yeah, it was just. I think out of body was the first one I started uploading to those, and it fits. But I have all the fucking mixtapes on streaming under my name, and so it's like it kind of crowds the shit a bit, but. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, I I've, uh, I think the time travel volume four was like kind of my big entry point into yeah. like really going into what you were doing records wise. Oh, yeah. um, with the with the time travel series, is there anything specific that like has to be met criteria wise to like make it onto a, one of those tapes, or is that just uh, you know just uh, part of the the titling? We were just doing it for that year. Like, uh, me and my homie Pat, uh, Party on Mars, he, we were just making shit, and he's like, we should try to put out a project, a mixtape every month. And then, of course, I fucking, you know, we start out going 12 tracks, 15 little instrumental, little beats, they're going to be beats, and I'm like, I'm rapping on every joint, we're going to have fucking 30 <laughs> people on here. We're, you know, the last volume fucking 12 i didn't put on streaming because it's just so fucking much but i split that into four tapes that was like i think like 40 songs you know there was like 12 on each of the part a b c d and shit so it's just like we just we went a little crazy with it but it was like it started out we were just like yeah let's do a tape every month and then you know that so happened to be right before the pandemic hit you know, so it was kind of my little Noah's Ark moment of like, this is the last time I'm going to be able to have hella fucking people through all the time, you know, recording and chilling and whatever, you know. And so then right after that, two years where I can't re really collaborate the same way. Yeah. And now I don't have more than like two or three people over here at a time. And it's the same people, you know. I'm not doing as much like random like oh you know so and so plays yeah. violin bring a yeah, you know yeah, for sure yeah it's cool if you bring a few so, other people yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah so. um, that um, Rainforest Cafe waiting list is, yeah. is one of my favorite tracks yeah, and, I love uh, that. on that volume four to provide balance off the balance point I'm howling at the sun staring into the moon spit to my jowls and numb. I got more bars and pals, no owl in my grandfather clock. I handle the rock like Gary Patron, no snitching, no Perry Mason. I might cop these Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson ticks off a coupon. Don't sleep on me, I ain't no futon. There's very few trons, pretty much just one. My mood swings with a wingspan of six foot one, but I'm Royce's height. Got a little art money, finna buy me and Shorty an oyster flight. I keep the peace while I'm poised to fly, fight. Oh my god. Keep the peace while I'm poised to fight. Hoisin' with the rice, memorize the price of my head. Less the horsemen, polo the assassination. Hold for congratulations, the static keep playing while the stats are inflated. I chew the fat as I scat, skip and rope. Mix the hops with the scotch to soothe my throat. Just trying to stay afloat. Hey everybody, just wanted to take a quick minute to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by North 45 Pub, located in the Alphabet District of Northwest Portland. 
They've got a killer selection of Belgian beers and an extensive liquor wall with over 200 bottles. Mussels and Fritz are on the menu. Their cheeseburger is lights out, and they've always got some killer weekly specials as well. Aside from the menu items and beverages, they've got this awesome covered patio that is heated throughout the fall and winter with a bunch of big screens to watch all your favorite sports. And the best part is they have DJs playing tunes there every Tuesday night from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. and Sundays 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. So come through North 45 Pub for some tunes and some food. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, so with like the way you make records and everything kind of happening so fast do you feel like uh there's one in particular that was kind of like pivotal in just kind of uh like changing your approach in some way of what you were doing or do you just feel like each one is informing the next kind of thing and just building on top of each other um yeah i mean we were just we were making so much shit that it was just you know it would be like fucking oh shit it's 28th i gotta clean up all these mixes and try to make them sound relatively level and stuff and you know me and snugs were making a bunch of shit at that time and um yeah i mean it was just a big big exercise in like rap camp and produ- production where it was like doing all that shit i felt okay enough going into like the pandemic where i was like okay i guess i'm gonna start trying to produce like whole projects myself you know taking some of the the tricks and little things i learned from the people i was working with and then just being like okay now i gotta actually learn how to mix my stuff and actually learn these things that i would kind of tune out when other producers and engineers would be doing it you know like now i gotta figure out so on defenseless then do you feel like this is uh like you at your your finest point of like thus far as as like producing stuff then definitely as like producing and mixing my own shit like it's it's better than fourth wall broke me and you know um i don't know i like want to remix the isolation because it's really quiet (laughs) um but defenseless is like where i finally was like okay i know how to make these creative mixing and production choices and not have it sound like shitty and I can, like, you know, Skelly helped me a lot in, like, figuring out how to mix my vocals right. And then learning how to tweak and being like, okay, yeah, these are the things you play with when it sounds weird, highs and whatnot. And so, yeah, it's, and then recording my homie, like, uh, Eric Fury, like, I record him every once in a while and mix some of his stuff. And in that process, I learned a lot more about getting better recordings and mixing all that shit. So, um, the defenseless, I'm like pretty proud of how the mix sounds and like for doing it all myself you know yeah, I'm like man. finally i worked out so the kicks and i feel like i can feel a lot more serious going forward i guess producing for myself and others based off of that you know yeah man i mean it's my favorite record of yours like and i think it just like really creates an experience and it feels uh you know, one of the reasons it is my favorite, I think, is because it, it sounds pretty great. Like, I think the mix on it is, like, very cool. And as I kind of touched on earlier, it just uh, seems like you're really, really good at kind of, you know, changing up those vocal filters to, like, express different emotions. And uh, the Sotheby's track on there, do you feel like that's 
maybe like one of the more, if not like most vulnerable tracks that you've done, especially yeah. with like some of the lyrical content on there. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's why I pitched up my my voice for it because it was kind of I wrote that after there was a big blow up with like a friend of you know and i was reflecting on the mixtape series and stuff where it was like oh i worked with fucking 70 people in a year and like four of them text me on my birthday you know it's like nobody it people will treat it so like that song i fucking i love that song because you know like the pitched up vocals was to represent like a inner child type of feeling where it's like okay i'm fucking 30 but i still have these like feelings of friendship yeah. and like loyalty and these things that i wonder about in the lens of music and and the whole thing i heard sotheby's is selling shrooms now um <laughs> you know was this like play on this like you know non-fungible thing they had just i wrote it right after like they announced they were selling the nft and shit and i was like okay so this prestigious auction house and then it was like from the perspective of like living in an auction house you know where everything has this value based on how much people want it in that moment but you still have i still have to sleep here at night people get mad that their whole state so whatever you know people can slam the door to their studio but to this is my house you know yeah and type of this feeling of always being the host and things like that where it's like all these people through all the time how many people actually give a shit and then, you know, just talking about those things that would otherwise be more coded in my music. And it was like that day I was just really feeling a lot of shit after, you know, fallouts and whatnot and people switching up on me and shit. And so I'm glad that people act like I want to make the project short enough that that could be towards the end. But people would still be likely to make it that far because... It was like the tracks are relatively short and there's not as many of it, but it's, you know, um, that, yeah, I'm glad you listened to it because that is definitely one of my most like vulnerable joints of recent, you know. I was doing bad, but I still had you over that day Cause there was slaps to be made Who am I to get in the way? Who am I to complain? Why am I the only one staying in touch? Why am I the only one reaching out? How come I've never been to your fucking house? Why's it always got me a competition? Is it something I'm missing? Is it something that I'm missing? I never fit in, so I try to create a safe space But people would rather be tough guys and say thanks So the busy seven shrooms now All that static that I tuned out The other me is in the room now yeah, I mean, it's cool, and I like how you, uh, I don't know, it seemed like, oh, that must make it a little bit easier for you maybe to put it on the project in this different voice filter, you know, and having, having the high-pitched kid kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Um, I wanted, because I, I wanted the innocence there, where it's like all my other shit especially in the project i think that it gives a good and then you know the the last song after that um temporary fence is 
stripped down but still pretty vulnerable you know um but everything else is pretty like aggressive and kind of like um rough around the edges in ways and it's this very confident thing and so i felt like you know i had to completely change the pitch of my voice to to even like express that in the same context as everything else you know what i mean like if i'm saying those things in the same voice it didn't seem like it sold it as much to me for the feeling you know that one was uh one that uh left me with things to think about i guess you know it stuck oh, yeah. out to me in in listening to that project as well as jerk just because i'm a big seinfeld <laughs> fan so to have the the costanza yeah. sample in there and how you made use of that was really cool but in that song you also mentioned uh you know just that a lot of people don't really get their their recognition until they've passed yeah. i was i was curious if, like what your thoughts on that are if, if like why do you think that is like um it's it's because we take people for granted we everything is supposed to be an endless flow of content and all these things and they people have to die and be eulogized to become legends to be established they have to their potential cut short has to be it gives a like an icing to the to the cake of of how they're perceived that is just not possible while they're still alive because in especially in this age of celebrity like you will fall from grace if you get too high because we like that shit more than actually bringing up these artists yeah. because everyone's so recyclable it doesn't fucking matter who's popping now because there's always more people that are falling off that we can talk about that's more interesting than someone you know the industry plant that's rising top. so it's like i think that you know and then also acknowledging that these things that inspired me was from a very voyeuristic tourist way of i never saw any of these artists live you know right. and they're my biggest inspiration so i'm going off of the little bits of pieces that they left me so my idea of like living forever is fucking if i have enough music that you could listen to a new song every day for two years you know then that buys me a little bit more time in everybody else's world if they wanted it. it's it it exists there you know i got real estate all over the streaming platforms you know <laughs> but like it's that that idea that you know good energy never dies it just gets misplaced sometimes and you know you got it's there if you want it and listening to hendrix and prince and sun ra and um you know they just they spoke to me and it didn't feel like they don't feel dead when i listen to them you know what i mean and that's yeah. how i want my music to be too i don't want to sound like <laughs> i none of you know i don't i don't want it to i don't want to rely on on this nostalgia to sound a lot <laughs> to 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 bring those feelings out you know and that I can never thank them 
other than just converting that energy, that inspiration. That's the only way to show it. And, you know, it's like fucking like, I don't want to meet Kanye. <laughs> you know, I used to want to meet Kanye. Yeah, I don't want to meet him right now. I don't. I don't I'll meet him later him. <laughs> when he's like a nice old guy, you know, he's 75 if he makes it, you know. But like, it's the, the don't meet your heroes, you know, is easy when they're already dead, you know. Right, and, right. um, you know, and then my grandfather died a few years ago and he was my biggest, like, you know, innovate, uh, inspiration and motivator for a long time. Like the, uh, this detachment from this kind of living thing. And then these things that are cemented, you know, you, these records were done for before the internet or whatever. And they, they existed here and that's all you're getting from them. Like fucking Hendrix. It's like, you ain't got no more songs. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't do any other recordings, and, you know, <laughs> and it's, you know, and then there's Prince where they're like fucking the Prince is my favorite artist ever because there will always be another joint I haven't heard. Right. And so much shit that you're like, he was making this type of music in like 2002. Like this sounds like it was like futuristic shit for the eighties, but also like, Nobody else in their right mind would be making this type of music in 2002, but yeah, it was yeah. hitting, you know, or all his, his time travel shit was just like, it was really singular vision that he could bounce around and do all those things, but you knew it was fucking Prince and, you know, knowing what the fuck he was doing and like, but yeah, this idea of like creating as much as you can in your life so that there's as much to experience after you're dead is been a driving force for me because it's like fuck you know <laughs> I, I i don't know I've, I've lost friends i've lost all sorts of things like early and it's like you know what the fuck could happen might as well let it go you don't want smoke you don't want me i'm digging into this here brisket brisket i'm slapping for mix a lot Buttermilk biscuits. I've seen the future, studied the past, and cut the difference. I ain't hear Hendrix till after he died. I ain't hear Sun Ra till after he died. You probably ain't gonna love this till after I die. But I'm gonna keep on dropping shit as a matter of pride. Knee jerker, tear jerker, jerk chicken. Yeah, man, death is a it's a powerful thing in in that matter. I think of uh, like inspiring for me, at least for sure. And those who have passed that have been like close to me is it's just like I don't know. I've just kind of wanted to use that as like fuel for the fire in some way, and like especially just like. In figuring out how to like carry certain spirits forward you know it seems like this is the only way i guess sometimes yeah and that's the thing and like the podcast it's great that this has become more of a just a common medium for recording and documenting conversations all over on like right. a variety of topics for everybody it's like more accessible and things but it encourages like so many more conversations are happening right because the homeboys podcast you know it's like <laughs> looking like you know 
there's there's so much conversations to be had and that's where you learn and it's like fucking i haven't talked to you other than dms but i'm we could talk to you for a fucking hour yeah. it's like <laughs> it's fine because there's so much going on you know <laughs> for but, sure man yeah i mean <laughs> Yeah, we could we could definitely go another hour or two. I have so much more uh, in the notes, like to, to to bullshit about. So we're definitely gonna have to. This is this is gonna have to be you know just the first appearance here on the on the podcast. But um, yeah, the the new record, Defenseless. I'll, I'll definitely put the link in the episode notes so everybody can keep up with you. And uh, it's cool to to finally get to to chat with you and and learn about where you know the motivation for this stuff comes from and just, you know, just get to hear more about how passionate you are about what you're doing. Cause I think that's like very transparent across into the art that you make, you know, you can like really see that. And it's definitely on that. Uh, authenticity is kind of that, that undeniable factor. So, and that's like what I get from everything you put out, man, whether it's like your music, the, the music videos, like if people, are a fan of your music and for some reason have not watched the music videos. I, I think that that like enhances the experience to like such a next level. And it almost feels like it's all like, like composed for each other. Like those things just like when they all come together, you know, I was, uh, it's the, uh, what track is that? I was watching earlier today. It's the, the one that that dude, Noah, Porter directed uh no you ain't oh Is yeah that, yeah like watching that track um or watching that video earlier today it like feels like it's such a like a simple concept happening you know yeah. and there's just like all these subtle changes happening with yeah you shot in the living room right yeah there. <laughs> and uh, but you know hearing the track by itself and then getting to hear it watching that visual is just you know the next level experience i feel like for it you i know, know. Yeah, um, the, like Defenseless was done pretty much in like April-ish. And we just, I put it on the back burners to like learn some more about mixing and just didn't want to, I was like, I need to let this fucking, I don't want to force it. I A lot of times I'm in a rush to get shit out. And I was like, I want to do this shit right. And we put it on hold because I wanted my girlfriend to shoot music videos for it to have at least one ready by the time we dropped. So we had Green Egg, she did that. And we shot for Jerk, and that painting's like part of it. Um, and uh, Sotheby's is the third video. So it's tight that you like those two yeah, joints because those were the three that I was like tied all together. But uh, I hadn't done videos for a while, and no one would, Noah would do videos for me when he had time and stuff. But he's hella busy, and like um, he was actually super nice and gave us a camera, one of his older cameras to use so that we could shoot our own shit, nice. like to have more of those visuals back because um it's crucial for engaging with music now yeah absolutely man i mean especially when you put like that level of uh thought into things i think it's uh it can really uh change someone's relationship with the with the song or just like the piece of art so i think you just like get to i don't know it's just like another look into you know the old grape god yeah. uh world it seems like you know yeah so, I mean, in the it's the hardest thing to like get budgets for, it, yeah, you know, for to, like sure. justify. I'm like, fuck, all right, you know, <laughs> we get all these random little props is fun and stuff where it's like, yeah, this video costs fifty bucks, or Noah had a lens for like 
some paid gig and he was like yeah i got time and i'll come shoot that you know um making it work with what you have but the music video thing is like it takes so much time and like work for uh for video producers and direct you know everyone involved like yeah it's way more like you know <laughs> people hands-on for a whole day and shit right, right. doing all this stuff you got to pay for all this other random shit to have a good product and it's like it sucks that that is such a crucial part to like people engaging with your music because yeah, sure. i want to be able to pay people you know <laughs> well uh yeah man i appreciate you giving me some of your time and i'll definitely Absolutely. include in the the episode notes links for uh your instagram because i know you're often advertising some of the the stuff that you have made whether it's the the visual art or the embroidery work and all the other links where people can uh can keep up with you um yeah, is there any any anything you want people to know that you got going on right now? And in, um, in specific, this is going to come out, you know, in the next next week or so, so it'll be pretty current. Um, I just finished recording the next album, like our last two weeks. Sweet. Uh, wrote and recorded the whole thing last like two weeks. Uh, they're all beats produced by this guy, Big Flowers, down Buffalo, and so cool. It's going to be my first project that's all like sample based beats and um it's funky and i'm really excited about it it's just fucking bars and you know hell yeah straightforward (laughs) yeah so that that'll be out early next year but that's the next one cool man well uh yeah thanks for thanks for doing the thing i want to play the uh the episode out with blame it's another one of my (laughs) my favorite tracks i like some of your your references on the this one and the way that you used like that uh that curly mo money kind of reference was and the slap sound the slap sound yeah. in it is from is from the three stooges yeah <laughs> pretty yeah i thought that was like a, a very cool way of uh connecting the things so uh we'll play it out with blame but we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show which is it's a program so if we could get the old grape god it's a program we can uh, properly end this thing it's a program. He nailed it, everybody. Yeah. That is Old Great God. We will put the links in the episode notes so you can keep up with him and uh, all the sponsors for the show. And uh, this is Blame off that uh, Defenseless album. And uh, check out the rest of the tunes if you dig what you hear in this episode. That's the Jelly Jams, and we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. I mean, it stinks, but it's like a different kind of diesel. Fought on the loud cause I don't have a dog Drew Carey walks so Kevin James could jog Lock the hours like a lumberjack Go dumber than Jim and Jeff Larry Curley and more money, more problems I have a drink, it's a lotion All our heels got room for improvement Room for amusement and petty doom is entertainment Laying in my tomb, twisting papyrus The bliss was mindless, the bliss was heartless The bills were faceless, ain't no fake shit adjacent Your inspiration came in one Meanwhile, I can't escape it Treat the beat back like a banquet The simple flows like bouquet More hits in the buck the balls Got them driving range, going through withdrawals But I keep making deposits, can't stop on positive Trying to stay Positive. So I got a lot to live for, trying to get more than I hoard Yank the cord like a loose tooth Don't slam the door to somebody else's house I just hate spelling it out Make it the, make it the, make it the
nigga the bruise, the bit of the jewels The truth shouldn't feel like torture Ain't no athlete in that sports car We don't seek the same luxuries Ain't nobody betting on me Spread looking real buttery Still score points on the gutter ball The mothership is beyond repair I wasn't prepared to stay for long Preserve the licks by rename the song Did the right thing, this'll did me wrong Did the right thing, this'll did me wrong Name the fuck on the loud Cause I don't have a dog Drew Carey walks so Kevin James, good job Lock the hours like a lumberjack Go dumber than Jimmy Jeff Very color and more money, more problems I have a drinking solution All I hear's got room for improvement All I hear's got room for improvement All I hear's got room for improvement Hey, just want to give a big shout out to Distro Kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast can't say thank you enough to distro kid for their support of this thing and make sure you go into the episode notes and find that distro kid link to receive 30 percent off your first year of membership with distro kid making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you so make sure you take advantage of that and the link is also in uh the link in my Instagram bio on the link tree so you can find it there as well big thanks to distro kid stay up stay tuned